This is Near Dark Radio. Near Dark Radio. Near Dark Radio. Near Dark Radio. Welcome back to the show, folks. This is your Master of Ceremonies, John Gower. And I am joined by an old friend of the pod, a little lass who just found out that her great, 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 great grandmother was arrested and tried, if not burned, for being a witch. So please welcome (laughs) into your hearts and your homes a descendant of a true sorceress, or at the very least, a very unlucky winch, Miss Laura Mayo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the hex that you put on this house. Very happy to be here. We have a lot to talk about today. When I said on our last episode that we were getting medieval, I was not fucking joking, apparently, although I thought I was at the time. Uh, We're going to do a little astrology today. (gasps) We're going to review uh, a couple of great films. Well, one great film and another film (laughs) that's much newer. Uh, I think they're both great. You think they're both great. Mm -hmm. We'll get there. Um, (laughs) First, we wanted to talk about... Just in case Dasha ever listens, I I want her to know. I mean, oh, oh, no, I've got plenty of great things to say about Dasha, (laughs) but um, it's the scary of 61st for those who are not familiar. And again, you're probably not familiar with that, so... We'll get into it. We'll save it. Um... First, we wanted to address some, you know, topical news, talk about the socials, talk about the Ukraine. TikTokers. TikTokers in the Ukraine. Ukrainian TikTokers. Uh, Zoomer, Zoomer TikTokers, the younger ones, are uploading fun little vignettes of their (laughs) daily life in the bunker. God. Isn't it, isn't it dark? It is. It's dark. It's dark. Yeah. You know, I've always found it really disturbing to see people sharing banal aspects of their daily life. But when their daily life consists of living in a bunker because they're being shelled by a world superpower, that takes it to another level for me. It does. does. Also, just the fact that they still have Internet is... That is quite, shocking. That's astounding. <laughs> like, it's, astounding. <laughs> it's astounding. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe that's due to Elon Musk. Oh, is he? Does he have his little fingers in that pie? Well, he, he like the, he put his satellites. He he got them his Wi-Fi from his satellites so that they would continue to have internet. But then I heard that it's only for like government officials to use, not for. Okay. Not for TikTokers, but like... Well, maybe the TikTokers are employed by their intelligence agencies now. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they hacked it. Maybe they hacked into it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But also, not it's not just the TikTokers, but have you been... I've sent you some of the, like, the military, the Russian, the Russian military yes. and the Ukrainian military. They're on TikTok, too. Right. And they're, like... Hot. Very hot. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, like, you know... Welcome to the war room at Near Dark Radio, where we discuss how hot the soldiers are who are killing each other mercilessly. There, I mean, everybody knows there's something wrong with us, so it's not like we have to hide it. No, um, we just have high libidos, which we'll get into. So, yeah, they're also posting TikToks of them, like, walking around with their fucking machine guns and shit and just, like, marching about and that, doing little TikTok dances. It's, oh no, like the nurses? Yeah, kind of like the nurses except hot. <laughs> you know. Uh. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's, you know. Time, Enough. Times are strange. Well, Enough. We're, we're I'm going to get into this here in a second, but Okay. The No, I'll get into it right now. Okay. This this need this this dependence on social media, this need to feed it. At this point, it's not even like you're sharing. The, these people are engaged in a in a war. Ostensibly, it could be fake. Who the fuck knows? This could be Wag the Dog, but <laughs> ostensibly they're engaged in a war, and they still feel the need 
to feed the social media machine. Yeah. And I heard, so Russia has banned Facebook. Uh, they're severely restricting Twitter. And they're limiting uploads to TikTok within Russia so that their citizens can't, you know, voice opposition to the government, whatever. And I heard this on Breaking Points with Crystal and Sagar, and their takeaway from that was, this is horrible because it's, how are people going to organize? How are people going to, you know, rally and, and come together to protest the government? And I thought, well, how did the French Revolution happen? How did the American Revolution happen? Right, like how did the Russian Revolution happen? Like if if you want, they if you want it, you'll figure it out. Right. They didn't have the internet. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. They weren't they weren't texting each other. Right, you know? they they uh, yeah. They were printing clandestine pamphlets in the basements of buildings that looked deserted and secreting them out to different factions in their country to try to come together and yes, overthrow the government. Was right. the Russian Revolution ultimately a good thing? Probably not, but it happened. Was the Chinese Revolution a good thing? No, it happened, and it didn't use social media. What did use social media? Arab Spring, failure. Women's March, failure. Occupy Wall Street, failure. Black Lives Matter, yet to be seen, but so far failing miserably. <laughs> January 6th, failure. So anytime you organize a protest or a movement on social media, guess what? It's not real. And it doesn't work in the real world. Right. Also, it's just you. the women's march. Was there a point? Was there a point? <laughs> like, did to was the... there something? <laughs> was there something they... <laughs> but, like, I'm not getting it. it. Like, it seemed fun. Lots of women got together and put pussies on their heads and, like, walked right. around and had a great time. But also, like... Was there something they were looking for? <laughs> because it honestly, it totally went over my head. Same. I don't. It's, I don't. It just seemed like a like a fun get together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is like. Because the Me Too know, movement, the Me Too enough. movement did take down some high profile perverts. Right. Abusers, we'll say, but the Women's March was long after that. The Women's March was like after Trump got elected. I don't even. I. Don't recall. Right. Like it's, I blacked out. Were they trying to get Trump time. out of, did they think that like putting a pussy on their head and walking up to the Capitol building was going to get Trump out of office? I don't even remember when this happened. Like I can't, like I have no gauge of time or like the events in which occurred to create the Women's March. Right. And I also have no idea what their aims were. Um, nor do I. <laughs> Shout your abortion. That that'll, was one of their aims. Be... That was one of their aims. Shout it. Shout it from the rooftops. <laughs> My baby child is dead. Um, that was nice. Yeah. That's the musical. Hashtag me too. The musical. That's going to happen. That's coming down the pike for Christ's sake. <laughs> Co-written by Jonathan um, Gower and Laura Mayo. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, there's this reliance on social media by the zoomer generation and even the millennial generation that i think is very unhealthy that you know to hear two people crystal and sager who i listen to fairly often they're the people i get my news from now because they're very balanced one of them is a hardcore leftist one of them is a an anti-republican center-right type and they're both anti-mainstream media, so you get a lot of news that you wouldn't normally get. Yeah. But even they were saying, oh, how? what are we going to do without social media for the Russians to protest their government? It's like, don't you don't need social media. Right. And like, you need to stop relying on it because it's fake and gay. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, people get out in the fucking streets and just fucking go for it, you know? I mean, right? I'm, I've That's been, what they did I'm in 1917. So fucking ready to do it now. <laughs> and maybe I should just walk outside and start knocking on people's doors and being like, "Hey, want to join? Yeah, let's not want to join my women's march. <laughs> <laughs> my women's march. <laughs> my women's march. Um, yeah. Uh, Bags for fascism. I do think that like there is definitely 
I think in the younger generation, um, it's, it is like a way for them to connect with each other or just connect with anyone at all. I mean, especially right because they're all on SSRIs. Right. And especially when you're, I mean, during times of an extremely traumatic experience, which, you know, war is probably one of the worst ones. Sure. I mean, are they, do they need connection? Is this the only way they're getting it? I mean, I'm, I would imagine that everything around them is extremely fucking depressing and that it is their one outlet possibly to. But again, I look at like the, the bombing of London in the early years of World War II. There are so many stories of people, you know, coming together with their neighbors in candlelight, you know, yeah. creeping around in the streets at night. Yeah. Listening for the the howling sirens of the bombers to make I mean, sure they're not. The the one video that we watched, I will say, the one where it was the girl living in like the bomb shelter with her parents. Um, God, and, could you imagine? Yeah. Right. Oh fuck! I know. And like the all war, of the pets. war would be tolerable at that point. But I, I guess like the part of it, and you know, I mean. Whatever. Maybe it doesn't all have to be dark and dreary. Maybe she's having a fun time in a bunker with her family. I don't fucking know. But she is. She's a psychopath. It did seem weird that like the I don't remember what the song was that's playing, but it's essentially wake me up before you go. go Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Like and she's like wham. Right. Like, but I I don't know that it was that, but it basically I'm pretty sure it was. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it was. Wait, like this feels like, do I want to be there? Because that seems, you know, I don't know. It <laughs> well, it's just, just incoherent. She made it seem kind of fun. She's also, I don't know, 16 years old. Right. So she's retarded. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. I mean, it looked like her dad. <laughs> you were going to say something charitable about her. No, no. I mean, no. I Yeah, I heard dad's in the background, like, looking. Darning his socks. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, I mean, he's like got his glasses on and he's like reading, you know, he's yeah. like very concerned about his family, mostly because his daughter's a retarded TikToker. <laughs> I mean, probably he's like, this is fucking bad. Like, clearly she doesn't understand like the, the gist yeah, of what. The gravity what, of the yeah, situation. Like, yeah. yeah, like we don't have a home to go back to. Yeah. So this is. Not great. Well, let's talk about her dad. Let's talk about her dad because her dad is probably part of a at least older millennial, if not millennial, millennial, if not boomer generation. Um, I think one thing, at least in America and probably in a lot of the West, that the boomer generation has refused to recognize is... The Russian, as well as Eastern European, like former Soviet satellite perspective, because, you know, there's all these arguments that are like, well, what? everybody wants liberal democracy. Everybody wants capitalism. What's, what's, what? you can get a hamburger at, at 12 o'clock at night. It's amazing. They don't understand that one, America has committed atrocities around the world. Two, and, and you're, you're called a traitor and un-American if you say that. I love America, just for, the, just for the record. Boomer. But they also don't seem to understand the cultural aspect of why so many Russians and Russian sympathizers in the Eastern Bloc might not want to be part of the West. Because if they are descendants of the Soviet theology, we'll call it, they were taught that capitalism brings decadence, obesity, psychopathy, uh, retardation, vapid pop culture. And so if you, if you want to get into the heads of people, like say the people in Ukraine who do want the Russians to annex them, you might think about, you know, Say you live in a really pretty small town and it's still, it's still beautiful and old and has a lot of character and culture. Imagine if all of us, within 10 years, everybody was morbidly obese, 
on a bunch of prescription meds and wearing Mickey Mouse ears and shaking their fat, fat, obese asses on TikTok. I mean, yeah, I don't have to imagine that. Right. A lot of people don't. <laughs> it is here. Yeah. And if you look at the intermediate, if you look at Europe, like Germany, France, Great Britain, Spain, they are already starting to turn into America. And I, I don't think the Easterners want that. I mean, I was talking to a Slovakian girl the other day that lives here. She was, you know, she was saying like, no, I love my Slavic culture. Like as much as I don't want Russia to take it over and turn it into a, you know, authoritarian dictatorship, nor do I want a McDonald's or a Starbucks on every fucking corner. Yeah. So I'd like people to think about that. Well, yeah. And like you said, I mean, you and I kind of continuously come back to this all the time. And uh, this is the thing that will get us both arrested that I'm about to say. You're welcome. Great. That's fine. I mean, what the fuck? We might as well just go for it. Um, (laughs) Shoot for the moon. Yeah. Uh, If there's any government in the world that is absolutely horrific and horrendous and has done horrible things and killed millions and millions of people across the world, uh, it's the United States government. And Mm. so, so when you're watching the media who is bought by these fucking people that run the fucking government and literally employ former intelligence agencies, right? Uh, uh, agents. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, I, I don't watch it anymore because, um, I think that the U S government is trash mm, Well, <laughs> and, and that's, that's how I feel. And I, well, and, and, and is- also I, like you said, I, I love our country. Like right. I, I love the United States. I love the people of the United States. Same. I, feel very patriotic about my country I'm honestly feeling very patriotic right now I am. talking about how much of a mess it is well and and i think this is kind of you know yeah i mean we i i think also the spirit of the people of the united states is that we're like a um like a revolutionary like it, sure, sure. we're you know a people of transformation and change and when things get fucked up the spirit of the United States is that we go ahead and decide, well, then let's fucking change it. Right. You know, then let's, then let's stand up together and say, no, we're not going to fucking, we're not going to take it. it. No, we're We're not going to take it. it. Yeah. Well, okay. Sorry. This whole episode is very musical (laughs) today. Um, near dark radio, the musical. Yeah. But I mean, it's well, it's, and that's part of that's, Part of what makes us great, it's also part of what makes us a shithole because right. the, you know, the wealthy that find a, you know, an old house that they don't like, they'll tear it down and build something new, tear right. it down, build something new, tear it down, build something new, tear it down, build something new. Yeah. So we don't have a long, we're not grounded, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a recent development. That's only in the past hundred, 150 years. Right. Since and, the Industrial Revolution. And have we done great things? Sure. But yes, not, yes, 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 yes. But not without doing... Like Hiroshima. Right. Well, <laughs> no. Honestly, though, okay, so everybody like everybody that brings this up to me, they're like, I'm, I'm afraid of Russia and the nukes and da-da-da. And my, my answer is always, who is the only world power that has ever dropped a nuke? Who? Hey. Hey. Raising my hand. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I... I don't know. Also, but yeah, I, I, I do think there is kind of like a, a with good comes bad and with bad comes good. And maybe there's a fucking balance and maybe there has to be a balance right. to get any fucking thing done. I, I don't, think there, I, don't know. I do think there has to be a balance between, say, you know, just let it let it go free capital consumer capitalism and, you know, Soviet style authoritarianism. No one wants either of those things because in, in what I think what the, again, what the boomer generation doesn't quite grasp is that if you just let it go, capitalism, wealth and power will accumulate in, in a very few number of hands, extraordinary wealth and extraordinary power to the point that the democracy, whether, you know, you can go vote all you fucking want. 
but the 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 Jeff Bezos and the Sam Waltons and the Vanderbilts of the world, those are the people that are going to design your society and construct how your daily life goes. Which I think is the point that we're at now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's right. and then the rest of us are just like here for the ride. And that that's right. that's the most fucked up part of it is like all of this uh this is not something that I've had to think of very often in my lifetime because I mean my you know I was talking to my dad about this like during Vietnam you know he's like no like guys were saying we're not going to fight your fucking war why like what's the fuck it's not for us this has nothing to do with us yeah why the fuck are we fighting your fucking war you know and and so recently me and my dad have been having these conversations about it and it's kind of the first time I've in my, you know, small brain that I've ever considered like, yeah, why are we fucking fighting their fucking wars? (laughs) And so now I'm a hippie and I'm not wearing deodorant. Well, great. Sorry. I can't smell. (laughs) Good. I have COVID. You have long COVID. I have long COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, and it's, it's funny because like when I was in high school, I was a quote unquote hippie. Yeah. And it was just more of an aesthetic thing, but it was like, fuck war, full stop. It wasn't fuck war because rich elites have vested interests in foreign countries that they are using the United States military and intelligence services to defend and using, you know, your average run of the mill U.S. citizen to go fight and die for. It was just, fuck war, violence is bad. And then, of course, I came out of that and I was like, no, violence is natural. The natural world is full of violence. Without violence, we don't progress. And now I'm like, hmm, somewhere in between. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I, it's, everybody's got to go through those two extremes and then get yeah. to the other side and be like, well, yeah. maybe there is a balance. Yeah. 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 Right. You go from Jefferson Airplane to Nietzsche and then back to what? The monkeys? I don't know. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And we're not fucking around. Okay. Near Dark Radio, the musical coming to a bomb shelter near you. Great. Do we have anything else to say about the Ukraine? We watched a video. I'll just signal to people that there is a very interesting video out there. It's only about 30 minutes long. And it explains um, from a historical, military, and economic perspective why Russia would invade the Ukraine. Right, and it your... doesn't have anything to do with, you know, oh, it's because it's because Biden's too weak. It's it's because yeah, it, right. it doesn't have anything to do with exporting our own domestic political strife. To try to interpret some overseas bullshit, um, but the 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 video is called "Why Russia Is Invading Ukraine." Easy enough, and the account is called Real Life Lore. If you want to go find that, I'll pr- I'll put a link to it in the description because it's very interesting and it really explains it. If you're an idiot like me, it's re- it's like oh, this is easy for me to un- to understand. And right. the there's, guy there's also graphics, there's yeah, pictures. The guy it's... lays out a a map so you can literally see like okay, this is where they are. This is where and the Ukraine has a pipeline that the that the Russians used to have because right. The Ukraine was Russia. Right. And now Russia is paying the Ukraine billions of dollars to use this pipeline. And Putin said, not anymore, motherfuckers. Mm, And so now he's going to kill them all for the pipeline. (laughs) Anyway, it's... It's um, It's deep and dark. It's deep and dark. And also, I mean, you know, is Putin crazy? Yeah, he, he seems like... There's probably something wrong with him. I mean, he's so fucking filled up with Botox that it it there's definitely something wrong with right, anyone right, right. that just completely has filled their entire body with Botox. There's chemicals leaking into his brain. Yeah. Um, and also it, it's it's not for no reason, which it seems like every time the news is on, 
all they're saying, it just seems like this is just out of the blue. Right. Like he just decided like, I'm going to, I'm going to go fucking nuts and I'm going to take over the Ukraine because I'm fucking nuts and I'm evil. I'm so crazy. Right. And it's, it's like, no, there, there's, there is, uh, there are reasons. There's a logic to it. There, that things are happening and it's, uh, it's fucking terrible and, and when you have a population, and it's extremely strategic, right? It's very strategic. Right. And when you have a population of Americans that have given up on learning practically anything about the world, you can tell them, guys, this is just crazy. No one knows why. No one knows why we have to stop it. Right. And it's like, well, shut, shut the fuck up. People know why. Yeah. Lots well, of people know why. And I mean, mo- most, you know, some guy posted a video on... We are not defending Russia, by the way. Some guy posted a video on his TikTok uh, recently that I saw, and it was like, want to know how close Russia is to the United States? And I'm like, oh, people don't know this? <laughs> people don't know this. <laughs> right, right. Like, oh, God damn. Yeah. And and we're we're just we're fucking idiots. Although and- technically I would say the United States is close to Russia. <laughs> because that it, Alaska is right. one of our like outpost yeah. states. Right. And we only acquired it in the past 70 years. Right. It's like Right. We're again, if you look at it from the Russian perspective, we're kind of the aggressors. Well, yeah, and in a in a in a in a, in a global economic sense, right? And not in a not in an actual military sense, but right. well, I mean, NATO is a military organization, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But Dasha posted something on her Instagram the other day that was like, "If you can't name all of the countries around Russia, then shut the fuck up." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I, I can't." <laughs> like I I was like, "Maybe Romania." Like I I just you know I kind of gave up there, uh, which is you know I mean, don't don't ask me to tell you where anything is, you know. Right. I mean, I told you the other day where I thought Spain was and. Uh, for several she years, my, no, 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 no. Well, here we go, and here we are. <laughs> Never was going to say it to the public. Well, let's, let's be, let's be honest. No one looks up to you as a geopolitical. Um, yeah, absolutely. Strategist, and and should they? No. 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 <laughs> no, they shouldn't ever. Do I have opinions on everything? Yes, one hundred percent. Are they important? No. Do they mean anything? Absolutely not. Take them as you will. Not even with a grain of salt. Just like, just like, like they're meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> they're, uh, well, so let's but, stop there because everyone's tuning out right now. Everyone's. Putting, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Off the podcast. But I. But. But listen to my gentle voice. It's fun to listen to. La 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 la. ASMR. And that's yeah. And that's how we get people to stay. Yeah. Tuned. Sexy times. Sexy time voice. Listen to me talk in my sexy voice. I like how you went to baby voice when you went to sexy voice. I want to talk about (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of sexy babies uh, and Russians, shall shall we get into the movie review? Yes, please. All right. Let's do it. All right, so today we are reviewing a couple of films. <clears throat> the first is a new release by Red Scare podcast host Dasha Nekrasova. Not technically a Russian, she's Belarusian or Belarusian. Where was she where was she born? Belarus. Oh, she, which was which is a Soviet right. satellite and is now uh, I believe allied with the Soviet with the Russian with Russia. Yeah. Um, she, she made this wrote with her friend, Madeline Quinn, and then directed the scary of 61st, which is a horror thriller comedy based on the conspiracies surrounding Jeffrey Epstein. And we decided to go back and watch Rosemary's Baby as well in light of that because Dasha admits 
quite explicitly a lot of um, influence from Roman Polanski, the director of Rosemary's Baby. And the, th- the, the, the movies have very similar themes. They both, uh, both films deal with the manifestations of the occult in the modern concrete landscape of New York City. Mm. Uh, they both explore all of the intense feelings of paranoia that come about from getting too close to a massive conspiracy that one is unable to stop. And both filmmakers, Dasha and Roman Polanski, used the horror genre as a vehicle to explore this paranoia and these conspiracies. Um, I wish she had been under the influence of Polanski when she chose her cinematographer because Polanski has some very gorgeous shots in... Rosemary's Baby and Dasha has very few gorgeous shots in The Scary of 61st. But I'll say first and foremost that I loved the film. It was a joy to watch. Yeah. The Scary of 61st. It was very fun to watch. Quick plot synopsis. It follows two female leads named Noelle and Addie who are looking for an apartment in Manhattan, and they stumble across a mysteriously cheap apartment in Manhattan that a third female lead, played by Dasha, explains was one of Epstein's properties, and she believes that sex crimes and child rape and possibly murder occurred in the apartment. And... Her and Noelle spin off into a drug-fueled conspiracy theory wormhole. Yeah. While the other roommate becomes demonically possessed by whatever uh, occult... Whatever young girl was (laughs) murdered in the apartment. Right. Okay. I never thought of it that way. Yes. Yes. She becomes like... uh, It's like she becomes possessed by the spirit of the young girl, I thought, that was murdered in the apartment. Right, right, and, right. And then she becomes obsessed with, like, Prince the Andrew. royal family and, uh, <laughs> you know. There's lots of scenes of her masturbating to pictures of Prince Andrew. And, and like, having tea. Having tea and <laughs> squashing oranges with her feet. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's pretty amazing, actually. She does a fantastic job. She does. She's amazing. When she becomes possessed. Yes. Before that, she's sort of stumbling through her character like almost everybody else in the film is. The acting... You're not watching this film for the acting. Let's go ahead and say that. Dasha does a great job. She does. Again, Addie... uh, Betsy Brown, I think, is the actress. She does a great job of playing a person possessed by a demonic uh, nymphomaniac child. But the rest... I can't say enough bad things about Madeline Quinn, the girl who played Noelle. Is that the dark-haired girl? Yeah. Oh, I liked her. Oh, God. Really? Oh, God. Oh, I thought she was fun. She, like, her her affect was never flat enough to be ironic, but it was never sincere enough to convey any, like, believable emotion. Huh. It was like watching somebody that had taken a... Like, it was watching some... It was like watching some bohemian layabout that took a couple of acting classes at a Long Island uh, community college. That's totally why I felt like a connection with her. (laughs) Yeah, I I was like, I was like, her and I would be great friends. I bet she would be fun to hang out with. Yeah, no, and I, that's, see, that's how I felt. I felt like she was just kind of like playing herself through this whole thing. Like I, and I kind of feel like everyone was, but well, maybe except the possessed, or maybe that's why the possessed girl was so good at being possessed. Maybe that is her true self. Um, but like, <laughs> let's, I, hope, let's hope to God not. Yeah. But I, yeah, mostly throughout the whole film, I was just like, these are my kind of people. I mean, and I, for, for people like such as you and myself, uh, we, first of all, we're obsessed with conspiracy theories and, uh, you know, a healthy obsession, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't even say obsession. Uh, we we enjoy them. Uh, right. They're very enjoyable. They're entertaining. Yes. They entertain us to no end. Uh, but the the Epstein uh, conspiracy that I think once was a theory and now is just full-blown conspiracy. Right. Uh, Dasha made this film 
for us. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, and, yes. and that's why watching it, I was like, oh my God, somebody fucking gets me. Yeah. Somebody understands me. Like this is, this is someone else that gets totally worked up over the shit and is so entertained by it. And, you know, obviously it's about elites yep. getting away with possibly murder i mean murder yeah right and not not just murder like occult sacrifice human right. sacrifice right like satanic rituals right and, and that whole part of it which uh you know is i i would say most people in the world don't spend their time reading about this shit but no 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 but uh i do and so does dasha and she made a film about it and it's very you know it's very like a niche kind of thing <laughs> it is niche it is niche as fuck but it's it's for uh it's for us and i really appreciated that part of it the most was that somebody understands me and the things that uh, you felt seen i felt seen i really did it was i mean my biggest joy in watching it was seeing something made in the past i'll say 20 years that's just a work it's not mainstream it's not its ambition is not to be popular right it's 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 uh box office revenue was fifty four thousand eight hundred ninety dollars right but it's just something she wanted to make and she did yeah and she made it herself yeah she you know pulled together i think there were probably like six different production mm. companies involved well, which I means it's you know She's piecing together a budget out of nothing. And I was going to say, I mean, you're like, I wish she had gotten shots like Roman Polanski's shots. But I mean, Roman Polanski is Roman Polanski, first of all. And second of all, uh, he, what was his budget for making the film? And it was the, right, right. the mid-60s. Millions right? and millions of dollars. Right. So I I actually thought, I mean, she she captured some of the amazing architecture in New York City. I mean, I, I, felt, I felt like there was some, you know, like shots of buildings and things that I felt on her budget were, I thought it was pretty. Well, I, I let well me, shot. I have to push back a little bit because I, I have gotten into cinematography and have done right. it. Like it's, it, cinematography is only expensive if you're, you know, shooting with like giant cranes or helicopters or, you know, big dolly rigs that you have to set up a railroad track down an entire New York City block and push the camera along it, which they did not do any of that. Um, Roman Polanski's obviously did. Right. But just getting a like, so I'll, 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 I'll give my beef with the cinematography. I lament her choice in cinematographer who is, let's what, say his name, say his name. Hunter Zimney, he, I understand why she chose him because again, in the, like the actress that played Addie during the possessed moments where it's all frenetic and crazy and she's masturbating with magazine clippings of Prince Andrew and screaming and sucking her thumb. He gets some very cool disorienting shots that right, like, he's like a very artful, right, right. Yeah. But for the other 90% of the film where you need a good framing, a good, you know, a nice sense of perspective, he just shits the bed. Like the, the close-ups are either like too close or not quite close enough. It's, it, it just, do, it's, it doesn't. Right. It doesn't work. But I also felt like there or it was just a, feels amateur. There was a big like John Waters vibe where I felt like it was almost supposed to be amateur. Like I, I think she kind of played up that amateur thing in the way that he does at times, you know? See, that's what my friend Jason said. That, well, former guest of the pod, Jason, yeah. said that he he felt like it was more of an exploitation horror film. Right. So that's, it was supposed to supposed to look like that. But I just feel like that's a cheap uh, like an excuse for saying somebody on the set didn't know what they were doing you felt like it was an out see i i thought it was i thought it was perfect because john once john waters got the budgets and you know sp when he shot his first few movies he had no idea what he was doing right he literally he literally did not know that editing was a thing he thought that you shot everything that you saw in the sequence that you saw with the camera and then it, it turned into a movie nice so like he was he was feeling his way out right 
But by the time you get to, you know, the 80s, he's making movies where the framing is nice. The the lighting is good. The Movies are still terrible. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> I mean, I, was, I do kind of feel like John Waters is overrated. I think he's just. A, I don't like, kind of feel that way. I do feel that way. Yeah. I like it. I like him. I would love no, to sit great. down and have have uh, like a, a tea, like a, yeah. a nice, you know, Earl Grey with an orange rind. Sure. No. Talk he's, about he's talk a, shit about people. He's a very fun eccentric man that has made like. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying his films aren't fun. I mean, I didn't. He, he did Cry Baby, right? Yes, he did Cry Baby. That's the one of his films that I haven't seen. Cry Baby is bad i was i was like i'm trying it's parts of it but he knows that like he fucking knows that yeah yeah yeah. you know so that's the part of it that i'm like okay i still really like him because it's like he knows he's not like making fucking masterpieces over here he knows what he is and he knows what he is capable of and what he's either making filth or camp right and 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 both of those for both of those genres, bad is an essential element. Right. <laughs> and and he, he embraces bad, which does make him, in a way, like, you're like, all right, he's kind of a badass. Because he's sure having the awareness of the fact that you are doing something that's kind of shitty. Having the awareness, <laughs> well, then are you really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure, sure. He's, yeah, he's. Serial uh, mom. That is a great movie. See, I've never seen that. That one is hilarious. Okay. It is. It's it's truly, truly funny. But yeah, so I think, you know, again, uh, to, 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 to lay a little, little, little more praise mm-hmm. onto the film, I thought Dasha's acting was fantastic. She has, uh, you know, her affect is very flat, flat enough to be ironic, unlike her, her co-star right like she they, she has this ironic detachment that's kind of makes you chuckle right at She's several points throughout the film um she has a really good kubrick stare which is that when you lower your head and look look up around the world from under your eyebrow eyebrows that it makes you feel like she feels like she's hunted right the whole time like very paranoid and schizophrenic yes and then and then she does tap into like these really dark uh, energies for when she needs to, like yeah. her, the parts where she gets terrified, or the scene where she she busts into. Uh, there's there's a character that is the possessed girl's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He's like a a dude bra, just really flat, dumb idiot, and Dasha the whole time keeps calling him gay. She's like, isn't he gay? Like, (laughs) he's not, he's gay. (laughs) And she, after she finds, spoiler alert, uh, his girlfriend ritualistically murdered in the basement of the apartment building, she runs down to this, I think, uh, like, Staples-type office where he works, and she busts in, she's covered in blood, and she's like, Greg, you have to come with me, you have to come with me, your girlfriend is dead, and he's like, Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then she starts babbling in this incoherent... And she does an amazing job at it. And he goes, okay, okay, I'm coming. And she goes, right now, you fucking faggot! And runs out. And I was just... I, like, I started screaming. I started screaming and slapping my leg. Like, it was the funniest fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and she's got really good timing. It's mm-hmm. like, she's just... Yes. And she's just very, like, natural... Yeah. yeah. So there's a line where they're her and uh, her conspiracy buddy are talking about they they have just had some really scary experience, I think with the psychic maybe, and they're pacing around the some courtyard smoking like trying to figure out what to do and they're just desperate and then she there's this brief pause and she goes, "Have you ever heard of PizzaGate?" <laughs> and then it cuts to something completely different. <laughs> I was like, ha <laughs> uh, Yeah. So yeah, if you're a conspiracy theorist or just find conspiracies fun and entertaining. It's it's a good movie for run, you. Run, Don't Walk to The Scary of 61st, which takes a lot of its cues from Rosemary's Baby, especially the, uh, I mean, she starts off the film. La, la, la. 
like fuck that whole beginning i was like all right fast forward can't take it (laughs) just like well they use uh, the same titles the neon pink yes cursive like right kind of jarring like like, yeah the whole it's ugly and it's like you're looking over the city of new york it's just it's all very it's like almost painful in a way yeah yeah and then that fucking bitch singing that song and you're just like it's like a demonic version of ariel's song when she's yeah yeah like auditioning for the ursula the the sea witch (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh it's difficult to watch like i mean yeah the whole movie is kind of fucking uncomfortable the whole time you're uncomfortable watching rosemary's baby it's never there's never a moment of ease no uh, in the way that it's shot and the music and and also in my opinion mia farrow yeah. She's fucking incredible at yeah. making you feel very on edge and uncomfortable because she's so vulnerable. Yes. And yes. she's like really meek. Yeah. She just has like no strength. None. None at all. She's completely at the mercy of whatever forces are going on around her. God, it's it's fucking brutal. It's it's painful to watch also as as uh someone who is you know an insane person who would literally i mean if any of that was going on in my life if if the neighbors were first of all the neighbors just coming in and fucking like first of all i was i would never speak to my neighbors ever (laughs) upon upon arrival like there would be no fucking conversation there would never be a friendliness with the neighbors so like there would never be a, a rosemary's baby had i been <laughs> right, the character right, right. it would have just right. been me laying about in my apartment eating fucking doritos and taco bell and uh it'd telling be the a, bitch next door to go fuck herself oh yeah and yeah. also that yeah it would have been a well a terrible film Anyway, proceed. Go on. I, I, I got off on a, I went off on a fucking tangent about myself. Imagine. I kind of want to make a remake of Rosemary's Baby that's about seven minutes long where it's Laura Mayo moves into an apartment and, <laughs> and ends up murdering her neighbors because they're making too much noise next door doing satanic rituals. And nobody's getting me pregnant. I'll fucking tell you that much. <laughs> Not even the Dark Lord himself. Not even the Dark Lord. No. I did think that... I, I read somewhere that that was one of the most chilling moments in cinematic history where she's, they drug her and she's raped by Satan. It may be then. No, right. I, I mean, it's it was so very fucking campy. campy it, it's literally the devil's hands look like. Gorilla hands. <laughs> it looks like, it looks like the Grinch, but red. <laughs> like he's got like long, like, and he's like, like running his fingers up and down. Her right. And, They're like and hairy. Like, and... Yeah. And he's got like yellow eyes. You see his eyes a few times and it's very, I mean, maybe in, when did the movie come out? 65? Yeah, it was mid sixties. So yeah, I, maybe at that time it was chilling. It's certainly not chilling now. I'll fucking tell you that much. Uh, no. More more chilling to me, right? Actually, the most chilling part of the film, nineteen sixty eight. Oh, sixty eight. Okay, but for me, the most horrifying part of the entire movie. And the movie is spoiler alert. It's about a woman that's gonna give birth to the Antichrist. Yes. So, you know, there's other things that are kind of should be scary. But in my opinion, the scariest part of the whole fucking movie is that she's drugged, passes out, and her husband fucks her while she's passed out. And it's sort of like not even... He says the next... Well, she's drugged, Satan rapes her, and then she notices all these marks on her legs the next morning... Right. And she's like, she asked her husband, like, did you yeah, and he's have like, sex with me? He's, he's like, like, oh, I didn't want to miss our chance to get pregnant or right. whatever. Right. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I did. Right. So at that point, <laughs> I would have gotten up, <laughs> need him and his balls, <laughs> packed my shit, yeah. and never returned. Right. Like, terrifying. And she's like... She, it makes her nervous. Like, she's kind of like, oh, okay, well. Yeah, it's just sort of an acceptable, yeah. Okay, and then I'm, and that to, so 
that whole part of the film with with her behaving in this way is really difficult for me because I want to slap her in the face the whole right, time. Right, 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 and right. then she finally does start getting kind of ballsy when she starts realizing what's actually going on and that there's a fucking satanic cult living next door. Right. And they've been feeding her, giving her beverages with... To nourish the child of the Dark of Lord. the Dark Lord, that right. That is growing in her belly. Right. And But she doesn't realize that until after the baby is born. She thinks that they want to kill her baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but when she finds, when she starts feeling that that is what's going on, then she starts kind of standing up for herself still in a way that is not, I'm like, oh my God. It's like, it's, it, uh, is angering. It's like, right, it, right. It, it, uh, stirred a rage within me where right. I was like, bitch, like you have to, you have to fight these people. Like yeah. you can't just fucking. Well, I think that's one of the things that. It's similar to uh, Scary of 61st Street that makes it such a, I don't know, a terrifying story is that she, she's powerless against these forces. Like, right. it's one little meek woman yeah. standing up against Satan and his minions here on Earth. Right. In the Scary of 61st Street, it's this one little woman, you know, with a lot of pep in her step, but... She's standing up against the power, the power broker, the elite power brokers who right. traffic children. Right. And she gets that letter uh, straight out of Eyes Wide Shut at the end of the movie that says, please cease your inquiries. They are useless. Right. Right. And that's how the movie ends. Mm -hmm. It's done. Right. You can't, you can't stand up to them. Right. It's like hopeless. Right. And I mean, also, you know, Rosemary's Baby was made in the 60s at a time when women were very powerless. And so... Uh, and we're becoming less powerless. And I think this movie, you know, is portrays and, and maybe was meant to like stir in women, although it was made by Roman Polanski. So probably not. <laughs> uh, but hey, some of the most progressive people were the ones that, you know, yeah. did the worst things. Right. So um, that that part of it was really difficult for me. And I'm sure it was very difficult for women watching it. Right. In the '60s, you know, yeah. like because you, seeing you, a helpless woman, right, just unable to, and you can't help but put yourself in her shoes. And I think that's that's something about the filmmaker that's fucking amazing because you you want to put yourself in her shoes, yeah. and you're like, how would I react in this situation? What would I do? And you think you know what you would do, but if really in the situation. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, especially if there's a satanic cult that's like controlling everything. So <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, yeah. And another thing about the, like, you know, it was released in 1968. So obviously was made in the years before that. Mm -hmm. That was right on the cusp of this massive cultural revolution that happened in 1968, 1969. Right. Similarly, Dasha's film was released last year, late last year, December of last year, right, I think, before a massive cultural revolution right. is about to take place. And both of them are, you know, heavily conspiratorial. Mm -hmm. Paranoia is the, you know, dominating emotion throughout both of those films. And it's like, it's they both strike me as like a sign of the times. Yeah. Like, right. powerless against overwhelming forces, seeing right. conspiracies and everything, as we do, we often do. Right. I also find that her her haircut is really cute, amazing. And and the first time that I watched the film, it didn't like strike me as what it really is and how symbolic it is. Because as soon as she gets her hair cut off, everyone, all of the men, start telling her how horrible she looks. They literally say she's ugly. Yeah, and uh, and she has and it's just a gotten, gorgeous little pixie cut. She's just gotten pregnant, so she she looks really sick, as well. So right. she's chopped all of her hair off. She has like dark circles under her eyes. She's losing weight, and they're like, shouldn't not because she's pregnant, but because she's pregnant with the Antichrist, right? Exactly, yeah. with Satan's baby, right? Um, but it's really interesting how how much they they want you to know that like a short haircut on a woman is unbecoming and uh it's it's the one way in the movie it's very like 
uncharacteristic of her. Right. You know, it's it's when she walks in the room and her hair is chopped off, it's shocking. Yeah. Because she's this vulnerable, meek person, and anybody that's going to chop their hair off is clearly not that. Right, 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 you know, right, 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 right. like you have to be kind of a ballsy woman to just decide, fuck it, I'm getting rid of my hair. Yeah. Um, so that that part of it is really interesting where she does show this one like almost like a power move, but also you kind of get the sense because she goes, Oh, this is in fashion. You kind of get the sense that she was talked into it almost. So so then so then it's like, oh God, is she just like such a fucking weakling that she can't even right. say what she wants at the hairdresser? Right. You know, but I don't know. I found it I just found it really interesting. And also, as you know, I have literally gone to a hairdresser and been like, give me the Mia Farrow Rosemary's baby cut. Yeah, and I, yeah, I yeah, had that yeah. for a few years. And I've I will say it was. Well, no, I, I knew you then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are pictures of, of, there are pictures of you and me yeah. with my fucking Mia Farrow haircut. Looking like and goddamn I mean, movie stars. Looking like goddamn movie stars. But there is something really liberating about cutting off all your fucking hair. Yeah. And, um,. There was something liberating about cutting my hair into a mullet. Yeah. Even though I realized that it looked very skanky and unprofessional after a while. And I liked it, but corrected you know, that, that mistake. What does that say about me? I mean, I think I liked your skanky look. Well, um, yeah. Both you... films that you should watch if you haven't seen Rosemary's Baby. Get with the times, Jesus Christ. It's funny. I had, um, <laughs> I like make a million reminders on my phone so that I can remember to do literally everything, including like fucking brush your teeth, bitch. Um, and we'll about, but, we're about to explore why that is. Right. But um, on my phone for like three days, I had a reminder that every time I clicked my phone, it said, watch Rosemary's baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, that's like, this is the phone of a crazy person. Like <laughs> I, I just, I, I had to remind myself to watch Rosemary's baby. Um, right. And I'm very glad I did. Yeah. No, it's a great movie. They're both great movies. Yeah. Highly recommend. They're both. I mean, even if you're not into conspiracy theories and you hate Dasha Nekrasova for the things she says on red scare, go rent rent the damn thing on Amazon or whatever platform you have because you're supporting an independent filmmaker and Jeff Bezos at the same time. And that's important to me. Same. That, you know, is if we're going to if we're going to support the big ones, we support the small ones as well. Agreed. Um so let's get into why you have to set a reminder on your phone to remember to do anything at all in your life let's talk about astrology oh we're going to we sent each other our birth charts and we're going to explore our birth charts as well as the birth chart of president of russia mr vladimir putin which will obviously get us right down to the bottom of everything but if you want to hear that you are going to have to become a subscriber. You're going to have to go over to patreon.com slash neardarkradio. That is patreon.com slash neardarkradio and become a subscriber if this is new. This is a development. If you do not want to sign up for a new website, a new service, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and download a new app and put in your credit card to a new thing, I have found a way that you can just do it through Spotify. Spotify now has the option of me making certain episodes subscriber only. And I believe if you click on the link in the episode description... Um, the link is going to say something like anchor.fm slash John Gower slash subscribe. You can subscribe directly through Spotify. So you don't have to make a new account. You just sign up for, I think it's like three bucks a month and all of the subscriber only episodes will be unlocked for you. So if you are too cheap 
and too retarded to do either of those things. We will see you next time. But if you are not, slide on over to Patreon or to the subscriber-only episode, and you will hear us try to make sense. Of Putin's natal birth chart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. See you next time, losers. Thanks. Nice.